have I got part of a story for you. An accountant laundering money becomes the head of cocaine operations in America for a Colombian drug cartel. But first, this part of the Getting to Know You pod is brought to you by AndrePsyche.com. AndrePsyche.com is a lost gem in the jungle of internet merch you've been seeking and searching for. Go to AndrePsyche.com for unique custom gifts that you won't find anywhere else because Andre is the only one creating them. I've personally been reading his poetry book written by him, The Space Between Crescent Shadows, because what do I enjoy doing late at night? Exploring the space within my own crescent shadows that his poems lead me to. That's just one of the many one-of-a-kind items that can be found on AndrePsyche.com. Clothing, accessories, prints, original music, original art, original podcast. He is original. Some would say an OG. He'll also write and produce, you guessed it, a totally original custom song just for you. And as a bonus, if you message Andre, he'll give you a promo code with a sweet, sweet discount for your next purchase. So if you're tired of buying that mass-produced shit off those virtual shelves and want a little color and creativity coming your way, go to AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please friend and follow the pod on social media. Go to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all one word, Getting to Know You pod. Also, subscribe and rate the pod on the platform you're currently listening to it on. Finally, if you would like to support the production of the pod, please go to our Patreon page. I don't know if that's how you say it. Is it Patreon? Patreon? P-A-T-R-E-O-N, you tell me, dot com. And search, again, we're all one word, getting to know you pod. That's getting, number two, no, the letter U, pod. Thanks for the support. And now, getting to know part of you. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. So you start off originally being like in charge of the books and laundering money. How do you go from the accountant aspect to the sell uh, the, the selling of the drugs? Or is it just like you're a business manager? You're like just pushing that product wholesale kind of a thing. Right. So what happened is, and I just gave you like a really ballpark, uh, you know, summation of what really happened in detail. Uh, I started opening those four bank accounts. So the gentleman that I started opening one day asked me if I wanted to meet his partner. And his partner was a guy named Emmanuel Garces, who was the guy that founded, uh, it was the head of that organization that became the Medellin Drug Cartel. And uh, so a businessman, a very, very committed Christian, uh, and very interesting, and we say that, and we say drug dealers and that, well, go back, 76. Again, it's like saying that the Kennedys are not Catholic because they sold alcohol. You know, right. we didn't think we're doing anything wrong. So I, I, he comes to the and he wants to open a uh, banana distribution. He owned banana fields in Colombia. I, I mean, the guy owned everything in Colombia, emerald mines. He owned a, a, a charcoal mine, coal mine, uh, the largest construction company. 
So he asked me if I wanted to run the company. Now, all along, I'm thinking that this company is going to be a legitimate to import bananas. In the back of their mind, they wanted to import cocaine inside the banana ship. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, but I did. I opened the company for We bought a ship and we were remodeling the ship. And I got to know them really well. <clears throat> and all along, they, they started kidding. I mean, they're like, so I was in California remodeling the ship. And I made, I meet this guy who's doing the refrigeration. And he says to me, after we became pretty good friends, he was only about a couple of years older than me, but he had a softball team and I was a really great ball player. So I was there living by, in Stockton by myself inside this, watching the uh, remodeling of this, you know, freight uh, ship and uh, became good friends. And he kept kidding me that, hey, I know this has got to be a, a boat for cocaine. I know it's got to be. And I was like, man, you're out of your mind. Do you think I'm going to put my name in something that's going to be for drugs? But he kept at it. And I made that comment one time to Manuel. And they're like, well, do you realize how much money you can make if you are, you know, if you handle our drug distribution? And I'm like, I'm saying, look, I don't even know what cocaine looks like. I don't even know what drugs look like. I was have, I don't have no problem with the money because there was no money laundering laws. I had no problem with running the ship company because I thought it was going to be legitimate. So I just didn't want to get involved in any of that. But they kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. And one day I'm like, man, how am I going to get rid of this guy? <laughs> really, you know, it's like when someone just keeps yeah. nabbing at you and nagging and nagging. Yeah, it happened to so, Samson. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got a great idea. So I, now at this time, think about this. I'm 21 years old. If you look in the dictionary for a picture of a nerd, that was me. I had braces. If you look at the pictures in my book, you, you, you're like impossible. So in one of my trips, I go over there, and just as they ended up saying the same thing again, I'm like, look, I'll make you a deal. And, and I thought that this was going to get me out of it. Fine, I'll handle all your operations in the U.S., but you're going to make me equal partner. There were four of them. You're going to make me equal partner, and you got to put up my capital because I ain't got a pot to piss in. Now, at that time, to bring a load of 200 kilos, for example, is $4 million. So at, at cost, you know, you're paying, you know, uh, $20,000 a kilo. So anyway, long story, I'm like, okay, so if we're doing that, divided by five, that means, you know, $80,000. Or $800,000, I'm sorry. Right. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to get that money? I mean, of course, they're going to tell me I'm crazy. They're going to look at me and say, listen, kid, you're a punk kid. And they were going to kick my butt all the way back to the United States. And I was going to be the happiest man in the world. I was getting rid of these people once and for all. So I went to my hotel, and I was, like, very, very excited. You know, I I come up with a genius plan. Because they looked at me. Well, Manuel looked at me. He was the only guy there. And he's like, he looks at me and very serious, said, well, I got to talk to my partners, you know? And I'm like, of course you got to talk to your partner. You know, this is not an easy decision. So lo and behold, I go to the hotel and I'm done, man. They're never going to bother me anymore. I can go about this this uh, banana business and it was, it was going to make a lot of money, the banana business. So the next morning when they sent the chauffeur thing with the airport, the chauffeur came over and said, well, uh, you know, Don Manuel wants to see you in his office. I'm like, okay, he must have forgotten something. I go there and when I go there, all the partners were there and literally, and they were like stoic. And I'm like, holy cow, man. They're so insulted. They're going to shoot me right here and then. You know, I'm, I'm, my life is over with. 
Why did I make that stupid ass offer? What the hell am I thinking about? And they looked at me and they're like, we really thought about it and fine. Your profits of the first loans will hold to capitalize you. But you become U.S. head of all operation and we'll put up the initial capital for you. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, I don't know anything about this. No, I think that you're a quick learner. And I'm saying to myself, I, I literally peed on myself. I'm like, what the hell did I do? I said, I don't know what freaking cocaine looks like. It could be talcum powder to me be the same. Right. I don't know how you sell it. How do you bring it in? How do you move the money? How do you distribute it? On and on and on and on. But one of the things, uh, going back to this journal that I'm writing that I call the, the Narco Mindset Journal, one of the principles I talk about is proactive. I was so proactive in life that I literally broke down every, every area of a smuggling operation to minute details. And uh, before you know it, you know, in six months, we're doing, started with doing 200 kilos, 300, 500. Within a year, we're doing anywhere between 500 to 1,000. And according to the government, we're bringing in 85% of all that cocaine that came into America. And uh, I started making millions of dollars a month, but I was miserable. So that's how you go. And again, you cross a line, right? You know, yeah. I, I crossed that first line of, okay, I'm willing to open foreign bank accounts for them. I know the money's illegal. Sure, there's no money laundering laws, but it doesn't take a, make it any less that I'm hiding money for criminals. Right? Yeah. So that's how it went from one thing to the other. Man, so just because like this natural detail-oriented personality trait, you kind of just figured out how to become an ultimate distributor. You know, the thing about it in my life, well, first of all, we were some of the beginning. In my life, I've always, <clears throat> and how I built a company after that, my wife always gets a kick out of it because <laughs> I thought, I don't know what the word I can't mean means. Uh -huh. I don't, in my dictionary, the word I can't or I cannot doesn't exist. <clears throat> my theory is if someone has done something, I can do it too. Mm. I mean, all I might have to do is work three times as hard, take longer, but I can. Right. You know, so that was. The, the one of the things with me. So it was, a, you know, it's like uh, back then also like I built a, how we used to clean up the Pentagon or clean up huge government facility. People say, well, how do you figure out what that's going to be? I said, it's like eating an elephant. You, how you eat an elephant? A bite at a time. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything down into smaller components, yeah. you know? And, and I mean, at the beginning, I had help that they were already bringing in drugs, right? So the route, the original route they had, I ended up, that guy Mel in California, I ended up becoming my buyer when I finally told him, yeah, we are drug dealers. And uh, now that I knew that I was in it, and they ended up becoming our biggest distributors. So it just goes from one thing to the other. I mean, things in life escalate. You know, and I, like I tell, uh, the first time I cheated on my first wife, I couldn't sleep for a week. The second time I couldn't sleep for three days. The third time I slept like a baby. And that's how... How we are when we cross lines, when we do things that we say we're never going to do, and how things escalate from one thing to the other, you know? Yeah. How are you managing? Do you think it's just youthful ignorance at the age of 21, 22 that you're feeling so safe and secure to hop on planes in countries and 
talk to these big time people because and again I, I ignorant as hell but everything i've heard about drug cartels in foreign countries is it like you said savages ruthless yeah it's very different now than it was in the 70s though okay uh, especially in colombia it was like my grandfather used to say if you need a gun to deal with someone you don't need to be dealing with that person oh so that was very very different it was you know we thought we were the bullets and we used to tell people we're the kennedys of the 20th century you know, they smuggle uh, alcohol, we're smuggling cocaine. We're not hurting anyone. This is for the bridge of payment. That's why when I got out of prison in 84, I changed because I saw the world had drastically changed. But what ended up happening is a good question that you ask because when I went and met with the Bolivian people, uh, at one time they, they ended up between us, not in a, in a, how would I say, well, for example, on the first law, they told us they would give us two kilos, I mean, a kilo of credit for every kilo we bought. But when we went to pick up the first load, all they had was what I had bought. So I felt betrayal. And I remember looking at this guy who had overthrown government. I said, look, if you screw me again, I'm going to kill you. Oh. And I'm, I'm 23 years old, you know. And this guy looks at me, my, my uh, right-hand man who's sitting next to me, literally peed in his pants. And this guy looked at me and said, man, you got the biggest set of testicles. You got to be the biggest idiot in the world. But I like you. And uh, what ends up happening is what I call the God complex. Uh, okay. We, we do this to athletes. We do this to rich people. We do this to a lot of uh, people. And a lot of people looked at me and they weren't like my mother. They thought I was the greatest thing in the world, you know, because I lived this lavish lifestyle that very few dream of. I had private jets, yachts million dollars worth of cards and instead of telling me hey what you're doing is wrong and you're a drug dealer they thought i was made me feel like i was god right and you get away with something one time right it's like the worst thing can ever happen to any human being is to go to vegas and win the first time worst <laughs> thing ever because you think you're gonna win again and those buildings were not built losing money so that's a little tip for uh, those that want to gamble. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and that's how it is with everything, right? We get away with something one time and then we just feel like invincible that nothing can happen to us. So do you, what was the plane crash an actual accident or did someone like shoot it? Was there some sort of sabotage on it with the intent no, no. to? When we left, when we left uh, uh, Colombia, we lost the first alternator. And then, because those planes would have a bladder inside, right? It's like a plastic, like a rubber fuel tank. And then uh, they were piped so that you can get fuel to the wings. And that's how we give you extra distance to be able to come all the way to the United States. So one alternator failed. And again, feeling invincible, instead of turning around and going back to the strip, which was only 30 miles away, I mean, 30 minutes away, we ended up like, ah, don't worry. We'll make it on one alternator. And then the second alternator failed over Panama. We couldn't get the fuel out of the inside the airplane to the wing tanks, and at 3,000 feet, we went down. There's a picture of it in my book where you literally you see the plane at an angle stuck in the ground. We had to j open the door, jump out of the door uh, to get out. So that's how we uh, lost the plane. And then with the plane, and I guess I'm trying to figure out when you had said you're speaking to the attorney general, you're speaking to the attorney general of Panama, offering him the yeah. money? Yeah, Panama. <clears throat> when we got arrested, <clears throat> the attorney general came. And uh, and, and I knew it because we had a lot of influence. 
you know, we were spending a million dollars in bribery a month during this time. So we have people paid off in countries. We have presidents paid off. We have a lot of corruption that we bought. So, yeah, I'm speaking to the attorney general, and I knew that he would come, and I knew that I could buy my way out, you know? And uh, had I not told the pilot that I had bribed the attorney general, uh, I would have gone out. But when they ended up saying that I had bribed the attorney general in front of the DEA, you can imagine what that happened. And th- they wanted to then lock you up and go with the torture because they were hoping to get more money or hoping to make an example of you because you thought, again, you had this like God complex and they're like, who's this guy to think that he can just do whatever he wants? No, what happened is at this time is when they, they uh, went to torture us is now the DA is involved and they wanted to know about Manuel. They wanted to know about my associates. Oh, okay. And that was, and that was the whole thing. And I was going to die there before I talked. And I've now become an on the subject I like most, getting to know you. Thanks to Dr. Valdez for suggesting I drop different parts of the pod before releasing it in its entirety. When a goat speaks, you listen. Thanks to AndrePsyche.com for sponsoring the pod. Thanks for the faith, man. Please follow, friend, subscribe, rate, comment about the pod anywhere you care to. Vaios con Dios.